is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. In the South Bank Studios, Craig Cutchis and Damien Barrett with you for this episode. Hutchie, good afternoon. Hello, Damo. Footy's back. The AFL fans in Melbourne would be excited as we are two days to go. And, of course, the NRL got off to a ripping start on the yep. weekend. We're all fired up. And the first major shot has been shot across the bow. Is that the saying? You to can st- go over To that. start the season. <laughs> yeah. Two days out. From the AFL opener mm-hmm. between Melbourne and the Bulldogs. Our man Mitch Cleary won. <laughs> Tom Brown, Tom Brown, nil. <laughs> so, Sam Walsh, you might want to set this up, Damo. Well, you 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 really went behind the scenes last week on this show about how certain things can be done on TV where a journalist may not flag it with his or her uh, news director yep. prior to going on air, but they might just say, listen, at the end of that 45-second live cross, I just need 10 seconds for another story. Yep. But within that 10 seconds, Disgu- you, hi- the disguiser. you hijack it and introduce something that the news director would not probably want you to go with. So Tom dared to do that. He cast a bit of, he threw a bit of shade on the Sam Walsh story on his own network and uh, look, some, more times than not, Tom is 100% spot on on these. He's one of the best in the country. On this one, we promised we'd keep score. <laughs> I think it's fair to say the Maso Warrior, the former producer of the sounding board, who's uh, been demoted to the Channel 7 newsroom after his time here. He didn't do much as producer for this show, did he? We, we, we asked him to get one guest. It's fair to say his heart was he, elsewhere for I a couple of years. I don't think he picked up the phone. But, but anyway. anyway, Brad Lloyd, this is what the Carlton Football Manager had to say. Yeah, Sam Walsh won't play round one. Um, yeah, our timeline hasn't changed with him in regards to missing the first month of the season. But in saying that, he's, um, he's, he's rehabbing really well. His timeline hasn't changed, Damo, in regards <laughs> to the first month after. Uh, Tom had a bit of a go at trying to suggest the door could be open for round one. So, anyway. <laughs> Which flew in the face of Mitch's reporting that he's gone. <laughs> Do we need to keep... A little school well, book. Like, we're a couple of old broken up, broken down warriors in this space, so <laughs> we take a little bit of delight in watching the new young Never has come been, Sachi. We um, we're the Stadler and Waldorf of the newsrooms. N- of never was. Um, yeah, well, you, look, I, you, I'm you raised this last week. Yeah, I've, got, I've got nothing better I to do. I got a fair bit of positive feedback as to how you raised it last week. And seeing you just jumped in right off the very top here, we're going to talk about this, but you've gone right off the top. We may as well stick with this theme too, because we, we, we knew there was going to be friction the moment Mitch left AFL.com.au to go, to go to work with Seven. And we saw last year in the trade period, they did these uh, smiley pieces to camera. Yes, Mitch. No, Mitch. Yes, Tom. Good point, Tom. All yep. that sort of, all that, Sirad. Because the real story with the real season emerging, it's coming out of both of them. So we saw during the week, and we'll just set this up in, in the order of, of how it came out. And, and Jane's managed to uh, to package this up for us. Oh, it's done some pre-work. Pre-work. That's a step forward it's, for the sounding board. <laughs> it's unusual. It's a first. Uh, we, wow. We get to the seven news, and it's all about Ben King's re-signing with the Gold Coast Suns and, and what figure – that he was on. So let's just have a listen. And just finally, we'll hear from Gold Coast Sun star Ben King shortly on his new contract. A common view today, that contract's worth two years, about $750,000 a year. But senior club sources at other clubs, rival clubs tonight, tell me it could be closer to a million dollars a year. Good money for a 21-year-old, Tim. Yes, nice coin indeed, Tom. Senior club sources at other clubs. Senior yep. club sources. Now, now coming straight out of that news presentation by Tom, you heard Tom, yep. Tim Watson's voice. Tim went into this straight away, immediately. 
And Gold Coast star Ben King has turned his back on Victorian clubs, inking a new $1.5 million deal to stay at the Suns. The 21-year-old hopes his signature inspires teammates to do the same. So straight, the, the stuff that's scripted, Hutchie, Tim Watson reading, saying it's 1.5, which is less than what Tom said it was. You've got to get your ducks lined up in a newsroom, Hutchie. Well, it's going to, I've, I feel for it. You've got to get your ducks lined up. You can't say, have one person saying it's worth two million and then the official presentation of the news saying it's 1.5. You've got to stick to a number, whatever it is. Well, but the six months that's been leading up to this has just been really the practice circuits. This is the full time. From this week, the whips are cracking in that newsroom. I tell you what I wouldn't mind doing, Jane, is running the clock on how many <laughs> minutes they're given each night. <laughs> Tom and Mitch, because what happens, I worked in that newsroom for seven years, you walk in the morning and you see footy latest insert reporter 110 or 120, and the 10 seconds on, on the, you, used to, you used to literally go to war on, on oh, this is worth a minute 30, no, no, it's only, I've only got you in for 55, 55, I need a minute 10, I wonder if it gets to the intro by then, these are the conversations that go in the morning, you throw in two wolves in the, uh, who are hunting time, Damo, hunting time. So is time more important than the actual story, in, well, in, the, in the context of where these there two There are two currencies when they get to work every day, am I ahead of Mitch or behind Mitch in on, the run time? Oh and how long has he been? Because it goes in the one computer, and you can see what time the other person gets. How long has he been given, and how long have I got? And, and how much of that's live, and how much on tape? And if he's in front of you at some stage of the day, how much time have I got left in order to trump him with a yeah, better story? Well, just, Is that... I need 20 at the back. I used, to, <laughs> I used to argue for 40s at the back, and they used to go berserk. You're not getting 40 seconds in your wrap-up. 40s and eternity. Oh, that yeah, might have been the album. In evening news, they want to give you five or ten at best, and I was a 40 guy. <laughs> And in the end, I'd, you'd often squeeze 20 or something. And you'd always throw a furphy in about – because you never actually play your best hand where they've seen it. So I reckon both Tom and, and Mitch do. That's why you're getting inconsistencies in the amount of money because they're just trying to hide the little bit of nugget on the throwback. And that's this is going to be fascinating. I reckon – I'm gonna. I reckon Tom's a 130 and Mitch is about a 120 guy at the moment. 115. Right. <laughs> with a live – and by the way, don't. this is the other thing that will be going on. Because Tom is like me – no good on the editors. <laughs> They're giving him as much live time as they can to minimise the pain he puts the editors through at five o'clock. Whereas you can bet your life Mitch will be pleasant to the editors. And Tom's just like me. He's in the zone. He wants to get his yarn out. I'm not sitting in judgement of it at all. But I reckon they go, I'll tell you what, we'll give Tom 30 live. But does he want Does he want the, the FaceTime? He wants two minutes 30. He wants a minute throw. And he wants a minute 30 on package. And he wants someone else to package it for him. I'll guarantee you without having even been in there, that's how it goes down. <laughs> <laughs> See, even some of that language to me is a bit foreign, Hutchie, but I, I love it when you take uh, me and, and our listeners into what goes so on inside the newsroom. If, if Jane, not Jane's got 75 jobs, so I feel a bit bad throwing another <laughs> suggestion up, but if you need to outsource this, we can. Look, I'll tell you what has happened. PR agency or something, but I wouldn't mind just running the clock over how long they get each night. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, no, you won't. <laughs> Since we've been discussing this, Hutchie, we have, we have ramped it up. Footy club style, as the season's got closer, we've got harder on it. Um, a few people who are listening to us regularly are, are just tipping us off yep. to, to, you know, little moments. So he, so let's so let's just run Wednesday night as an example, right? Yeah. Outside the Tom will say I'm outside the MCG off the top. So you go to Tom first, don't you? Because that'll be in the first bulletin. I want the, that'll be. I that'll, want the words chief football reporter in my throw. There's three seconds they could get back. Who cares about that? But I want that in the throw. <laughs> He's but, but ask, this is about six oh four, I reckon. Second item, third item, do you reckon? Of the, of the whole news bulletin. He'll want a he'll want, back. He'll want a live hit in the first seg of the news. 
He'll want to come back for sport off the top. He'll want say he'll want fifty off in the bottom of break one. Yep. He'll come back. He'll want. <laughs> you want a, an interview with him? Joining me now is an assistant coach. He won't influence tonight's game. And so I shouldn't say it about assistant coaches, but that'll be how it goes. So it'll be a minute with assistant coach, and I'll throw to a minute 30 package and a 20 throwback. And and then Mitch is going to want a minute 20 <laughs> just to support that, and they'll be haggling all day what goes in and out. Let's see how, let's see how accurate you are with that assessment on what happens oh, on, by the way, on Melbourne he'll on Wednesday. The, he'll want the 4.30 news as well, Tom, on Wednesday. <laughs> You want that? You want the national news as well? And then they're going to cr- have to cross. They'll have the fight to cross into the actual broadcast of the football itself. They're, I mean, Tom's got oh. that gig. Mitch will. Mitch will be desperate to get into that coverage as oh, well. Oh, I hadn't thought about that uh, looming. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can't imagine he would be. I mean, he wouldn't have gone to the host broadcaster without. Oh, you reckon there's a there's a like a contractual commitment to get him into the? No, broadcast. but we both know what Mitch is like. You'll be wanting to get on there, and oh. and and so you would want to have your main man on. I look forward to that. Hey, hey, can yep. we talk some government? Government, yeah. It's not our strong suit. Well, that's exactly why I get into it. Did you? What did you think of Elbow's performance in well, sixty minutes? I didn't see it, Hutchie. I, I, I know you flagged the fact he was on this time last week, and I had it in the back of my mind that he was on. But I Sunday night came around, and I I just didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. No, we built this up for weeks. Yeah, I know. He didn't pay the audience the courtesy of watching well, it. Well, after I could, we critiqued his uh, his um, his get up that day, and yep. then other media thought that we'll be we'll being serious. I probably dropped off elbow a bit. My assessment, for what it's worth, yeah, very good. Oh, I thought he played it well. He he got out the fact that he didn't think Scott Morrison told the truth, but he fell short of calling him a liar, which I think a liar is provocative language for him from here. Even though he thinks that, he he fell short of it. He said. He, he nominated an instance where he didn't tell him the truth, which I think was smart. One move, and therefore it's there to be retracted or not, but he's, he was emphatic, and this is the instance. He, he wasn't mean-spirited about the Prime Minister, but he did point out the ukulele and the hair. Like, once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. It's a very relatable line to people. The environments I usually talked about, he went to the pub. Oh, yeah. I think he was a Bogues and Carl was a 4X for the record. Right, okay. Just couldn't, I think he said Bogues. Couldn't quite work out the Bogues. But he was in the pub as well. In the pub? Yeah. He did a walk. When do you think the last time he might have been in a pub, Elbow? Oh, no, I think he's got that that kind of yeah. Western Sydney relatability to him. Yep. He, yep. I think he's been in a pub more than ScoMo has, put it yep. that way. Yep. He, he did the walk through his childhood and he told yep. the story of his dad, which I thought was fair. Yep. And he, he's clearly playing a Steve Smith-style game. Which means? Now, a lot of no-run... Don't run. Yeah, you know, little shouldering arms. You know, he's he's done the necessary sixty minutes. He's done the women's weekly, but he's avoiding risk. Right. And I think, you know, he's so far so good. I must say. Are you are you believing of the polls because the polls say it's even? No, the polls say it's preferred prime minister even, but the polls say they're ten points ahead on the two party preferred, and I, I would say that that's as in the the incumbents are, or the. Opposition's no, 10 points ahead. Elbow's a long way in front on the – oh, the, sorry, Labor's a long way in front on the likely prime ministership. Okay. Likely government. I don't believe a poll, Hutchie, at they all. They look hard to beat, don't they? I think they look hard to beat. Do they? I'm Do not barring for either party, sounds by like the way. Sounds like the way you said that and you're all across that. I've been accused of being a Liberal guy for the last four we, years. We, we got I'm accused in the same show by – by multiple readers who sent us questions that we were both both sides. I'm offering no opinion on either party other than I like the media side of what they choose to do and not do. Yes, and that's where and that's we come That's the only in. area we're offering commentary. Tell me, I, I pay as much attention to sur- uh, to polls, Archie, as I do anonymous surveys. Do you pay any attention to either or not? Because who's, who's being polled? And ha- 
it once was a reasonable gauge and guide for I, election. I, I, think, I, I think I reckon it's fair to say the last. Oh, I won't say the last. I, six, I would say eight out of the last. 10 or 11 elections, federal, state, across the country, have been totally wrong when it comes to the polls. I wouldn't discount ScoMo because he's a ferocious campaigner. That's one of his great strength areas is he can work the floors and pound the pavements and he's got a, a work ethic, particularly, and he's, he's an old school politician. I wouldn't discount them. But do I, do I think the polls reflect the, na- the mood of the community at the moment? The Labor in front? Yeah, I do. I think if you ask 20 people out the window, they'd probably have a narrow, well, you know, enough of an edge at the moment. But there's a long way to go to what everyone thinks will be May 14, and there'll be a lot of media ops demo, which, speaking of media, yeah, well, should we get onto this? <laughs> well, onto what? I know you, you, you're, you're controlling the show today. I like it. You've been good this year. I told you that two weeks ago. You've really come back in good sounding board form, Hutchie. I've got a couple more weeks in me, and then I'll trail off. Okay. The, the logo... For the Prime Minister and Cabinet's new Women's Network. Now, before you go any further, you, you again, as you've been doing this year, have brought this to the table. I was not aware of this. I've now been made aware of it. I've now seen it. To use that phrase used before, you can't unsee it. But I still, I haven't read the story like you have. So set it up before we attempt to make fools of ourselves talking about it. Well, the logo for the Prime Minister and Cabinet's new Women's Network, which is intended to promote gender equality has been roasted online, right? right? Now, the roasting it has got from many sections of the community Mm. is that the logo itself is an inappropriate image. Right. Right? That would be the fairest way to put it. Before you go further, this story has been published. I'm taking your word for this. It's been published. And that the logo in question, which Jane... Well, since I'm you're so paranoid, Damo, let me read I am the Herald, paranoid. Herald, I read it. Let me read the Herald Sun story. Okay. Has instead been roasted online for its phallic appearance. A description of the network says that, that it champions equal opportunity on behalf of its members and is an inclusive volunteer-based organisation built by members for members. Very important program, obviously. The Women's uh, Employee Network promotes gender equality and supports members to succeed in their personal and professional lives. The network promotes women's career success by facilitating opportunities. Very, very Important, and I would think this government—it's got plenty of critics among oh, women. Yeah, has to get this right. Yeah, and the cause, as you say, is something that is required. But the feedback was, people were angry because of its overt resemblance to male genitalia. That's the story, don't? And it's gone yeah. everywhere today. Now, well, you've you've attached a screenshot of the. The logo to, yep. to our running sheet today, and now can I just ask this question? Like, what on earth were they thinking? Like, it's hard to know when you do have a look at that. But and they've got one job to get this logo right to reflect this incredibly important organisation. And Jane pointed something out to me which I hadn't seen, and now I can see it, and that's also of issue too, Hutchie. It, it's a horrendous logo, and. I didn't draw the assertions from it that others did, but once it's pointed out to you, which That's was clearly point. what was going to happen, yeah, it's how's that gone down? What, what do you let's let's re, let's actually take you inside the cabinet meeting. Like, oh, we're going to do this, are we? Be, we'll do a spin city. You be the you be the the uh, prime minister's office in the cabinet, and I'll be the brand agency that's just walked in to present this image, right? But ultimately, I'm the one who's signed off on in that in that scenario. Am I? I'm here to present. I'm here to present it to you. So you're the, you're okay. the prime minister's office. Right. Hey, hey! first of all, thank you for the opportunity. It's not very often a job like this comes along. We've had 45 consultants. We've had 25 graphic designers. 
We've had eight creative types. We've had workshops internally. You're going to love what we've come up with. We've come up with this design. All right, stop talking. Get it up on the on the slideshow, please. I want to see it. I'm just going to put the slideshow on. Before yep. I do... No, no, no. I just want to see the logo. We've dealt with everything else. We've given you the money, and, and the cause is very dear to us. We yep. need it. But I just need now... The last thing to sign off on of these 43 points is the logo. I, just, I need to see the logo. I'm about to play the logo. I've got my mouse here to click on the presentation. Two things. First of all, the third instalment of the invoice for $200,000 because it's meant to be paid quarterly, hasn't cleared yet. Could you just check with accounts payable as to why it hasn't gone through? Because it's an $800,000 project. It's $200,000. hasn't gone through. Look, it's how about, po- how about I get back to that it's company the, policy that once I can show. see what this logo is all about? We, we, can't, we can't pay that money unless I see the logo. We've got this incredible two-minute musical interlude to play first. 15 powerful Australian women have voiced... A campaign to unveil the logo. Which is? Could I just check that invoice? Can you just go down the corridor for me? How about you pl- show me the logo? Right. And we'll, we'll... Drum roll, please, if you can. Ta-da! There it is. The new symbol of the Women's Network in Australia. Mr. Chief of Staff for the Prime Minister. We hope you love it like we do. How do you feel? All right. That's clearly the... the... Well, I wouldn't say that, joke version of what you're doing. Can I see the real one, please? Can I see the real one? It's not. That's it. What do you mean? Come on. We're, we're, that, that's th- it. This is serious, Mr. Pitcher. <laughs> you get the drift. Oh. So, so you, that, you couldn't You couldn't possibly. How's that got through a presentation? I, know, I don't know. Workshopping, storyboarding. And look. We're back in, we're back in yeah. our normal character now, by the way. <laughs> And we might have to revisit boring. putting that to air. <laughs> Jane, we'll revisit that at the end of it. Yeah. Um, let's. I it's know, not a laughing we, matter, is it? Well, I don't think it is. No, and I don't. I don't know how they, it's got signed off, Hutchie. And they yeah. can't. They can't continue that to be the logo. Let's let's get it back to a, probably a, a part of the world that we might have a little bit of a, a modicum of um, knowledge on, Hutchie. So, something we've felt. That. It's about the optics. It doesn't matter if. The logo resembles, doesn't resemble. You actually got to remove any discussion around it to get your agenda through. That's the point I'm trying. You to You can't make. have one person thinking one what, person. what. What clearly, I'd say, hundreds are thinking right now as we speak, and and every person who's going to see it now can't unsee what they're being told to well, look for. Yeah, and, and it undermines a very important message. Uh, AFL Hutchie, let's get back to something that we well, we probably don't, but let's see if we do. I, I want to raise it because. I was fortunate enough last week to have a catch-up with Gillen McLaughlin on record, and I say that because he went into the great detail I read that. about a couple of issues which... Did uh, you use some of that on AFL occasionally, the podcast? Why am I even laughing at that? I haven't, I haven't actually... Um, has there been a drop of AFL occasionally since we last spoke? As I said, Hutchie... You and your organisation would kill for the numbers that AFL Daily does. We, we don't have to rubberise them. We don't have to uh, manipulate them. They are magnificent numbers and they're out every single day. What I was getting to, Hutchie, was a couple of conversations um, within the wider conversation about AFLW and also the Tassie situation. I Look, I don't listen to everything you say about footy because you, you throw out theories and sometimes I just get lost. But I reckon what they've settled on, the AFL Commission, which is not Gil, he's only the CEO, but the Commission itself, I reckon you've been saying it now for, I'd say, six months when it comes to a preferred start time for the AFL Commission for AFLW next or this year is, is August. And I, I reckon you've said that three or four times in this show in the last six months. Even a blind squirrel catches an acorn once in a while. Is that what you're saying? No, I think you've uh, clearly got the ears of people who make the decisions. Or, or, or they have your ears and you've just 
well, trotted out what they're telling him. Well, there's my point is that if it, in a normalised season, round 23 happens, say 22, 23, 24 August, there's only nine games in six weeks till grand final day. There's, there's a gap weekend, then there's four men's, two men's, two men's, and then one man being and, the grand final. And Gil, you would have heard it on AFL Daily, did actually say that the f- um, the buy round, the yeah. buy round between round twenty three yeah. and the no brainer, which was yours. And the other now, this this might be an advance on your thoughts. Um, the Friday before the grand final, being back at the MCG, being a public holiday, yep. a, 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 look, just being a, a mooting scenario only, nothing locked in, but a potential for all AFLW games that round to be played around Victoria or even Melbourne. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it's not footy all that week. You'd watch a game on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, the Thursday night, you know, midday Friday, three o'clock Friday, six o'clock Friday. You got it. Like it's a time of the year when we're most caught up in football, and there's the least amount of content on. So it makes mm. perfect sense to try and use that. And uh, the run, list. the runway on that takes it out to depending on how many rounds are available and, and how many buys they may want to have. But late November early December grand final, which I think is pretty good timing too yeah. because you, you get through the racing carnival and, and it could enhance aspects of the racing carnival even as well, I feel. As you know, people potentially will be back in town like they once were and they might want to do something. Back in November makes sense. That's when the international rules generally was, right? And it used to draw a crowd. So um, is, that, is that back this year, by the way? The international rules? I heard a whisper it might be. Okay. I don't know why it would be. You know my views on that. <laughs> How many of those tours have you been on? No, I didn't go on them, but um, oh, but tell you what, anyone who's ever been on one would would suggest it comes back, and anyone who hasn't <laughs> yeah. suggests it doesn't. <laughs> so yeah, and then the um, have the, I ever told you? My, have I ever told you my international rules faux pas? I think I have on the sounding board. Yeah, days. I think you have. Is that when you weren't where you were meant to be, and something broke? Was it? Was that that one? Or was that another story? That was a soccer story. <laughs> have, have I not ever told you that's the story about missing the biggest story of the trip? I think you've told me. I don't know whether you've said it on a microphone. I'll tell you what, next week. Just hint, hint at it for me and then. The biggest, I was there for two weeks and to, to file four stories for seven and I missed the biggest yarn of the trip. Which was? By not being in attendance. And so I had to recreate the story. <laughs> this is, you talk about this, this podcast taking you right behind the curtain. That's as behind the curtain as we'll get. I'll do it next week. You don't want to go there now? Set up. It needs anticipation. Drum roll. <laughs> uh, In fact, I tell you, what, we might even try. The, there can, was. Can you hint at it? Can you just tease it as you as you so often did on your in your journalistic days? Just tease what you're going to bring us next week. Well, it involved every every newsroom in Australia ringing me to get the video, the vision through of the biggest story in the country that day happening at Croke Park, which was 20 minutes away from me while I was sitting in a pub having a beef stroganoff and hadn't <laughs> hadn't been to training. <laughs> And how I then found a way out of the problem I found myself in. Don't Before you go into detail and specifics, <laughs> did you get caught at the time? No, I'm about to blow the whistle on the whole thing next week. <laughs> even so, better. So have a listen next week. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good tease, aren't you? Because I think, oh, I'm not even sure I have heard this story now. Um, while we're on AFL, what did you make of uh, Andrew Demetrio uh, having weathered the acquire learning situation and the Crown Casino situation, talking publicly about? His time and the events under his watch at the AFL in the in the sack podcast with uh, Glenn McFarlane. So I haven't heard the podcast. You know, I'm a big fan of the work that Glenn does, and he does a great job. Glenn leading that podcast he does the the sack podcast excerpts are all the whole shooting match, right? I've read all the excerpts. I read the I read the Carlton excerpt. Yeah, I read the Essen excerpt. I haven't heard the audio. Yeah, I've read I've read absolutely everything. Yep. Couple of things As spring, I do with Glenn. A couple of things spring to mind. 
my questions are this. Firstly, tenuous link on Zach, right? Like, <laughs> I wasn't like, going it, there. It started out with <laughs> the day Wolsey was sacked at Richmond, and now it's ended up with Dimitri. It really hasn't been. He was sacked maybe as a player, was he? Was he traded or something? Like, where's the. I love the fact that they've used that as the hook in. Yeah. Second part was. I, I was going down a totally different part. Was it an con- <laughs> unconditional or conditional interview? I haven't, I've only read the excerpts. Uh, yeah, well, that's all I've read too. I, I, I think. What would the picture be? This would be good for us, good for you. You know, like a good chance for you to, you know, to get yourself out in the public environment. You've offered a lot to footy. People will be reminded of your insights. I think it worked on. Like he, he's got such love in footy, hasn't he, Andrew? No, I don't think he has. No, I, I do. No, see, that's where I was coming at it from. I don't think he does have. Why do you say that? Well, I don't think he does, Hutchie. I don't think he does have I think love. his reputation in AFL circles is is still enormous. I think his reputation's enormous, but I don't think he has love. Who has love in he, those he, positions? Don't worry. He presided over one of the most successful eras in footy. He bat and changed perfectly to Gill, who's done the same. And they and he helped build the game. And he's the people that worked for him, with him, and were colleagues of his. Loved him at the oh, same time. Nah, they did. Nah. He didn't. He didn't create. And, and he, he would actually. He wouldn't want you to present him as that either. What enemies did he create in footy? Oh, where do you want to start? <laughs> oh. Well, Essendon's one, obviously. Well, there's one reasonably big one. North Melbourne's another. The no, club he played at. I don't reckon the view. He of, tried to send him. You and he tried to send him up to the Gold Coast. I don't reckon the view of North Melbourne even is anything but favourable. Do you think it is? Absolutely, it's not. So this is you and your. This is you and your Gold Coast Vendetta coming up again, isn't it? No. <laughs> Are you annoyed you didn't get the interview? I wouldn't want to interview him because if the answers he gives about Joe Watson should have his Brownlow given back, I mean, please, please. If, if that's the best he can offer on the, on the, the eight-year reflection on what happened under his watch yep. at a footy club that did some very, 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 very dodgy He's entitled to have things. a beer, though, isn't he? But how's that view line up when under his watch they've gone all yeah. the way through to the, the water bodies? 34 yeah. players have missed a season of footy, and he says, oh, by the way, Joe should get his brown low back. Maybe I'm misreading the play on I, – I, I give you the Essendon side. I think there'll be a lot of people involved in Essendon don't don't have any you know, much love left. But I, I think overall – Much love left. They've got none to begin with, and there's not any chance of forgiving. Overall, he was – his era was. I'm not assistant. judging him what he yep. did. I, I, I agree. I think he changed the landscape. Yep. I, I absolutely changed the landscape. So I'm, I'm all for that side of him. But I don't. But you're the one who threw the word love in. I, I would not that, use that word to him for, to that, describe him. You know that famous Carlton salary cap. Yeah, uh, and he, refer, he referred decision. to that. He referred to yep. that in the in. This do you remember that night by any chance? Yeah, I do. Were you there? Yeah, I was. Um, what I did do, I was covering it, and then. I was still on the Sunday Herald Sun at the time, so it was a massive story come that Saturday morning for the, the publishing times on Sunday. Six and days off a week and chime in on a Saturday. It was a bit like that, yeah. yeah. Although you did, you sort of convinced yourself you'd, you'd spend three days doing a feature, like interviewing someone then two days. One of the great rackets. Put it, it was good for a while, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I wish I'd never... I'd worked in the same role. Well, how, how long did you work? That's where you developed your 22-week-off habit. I um, wrote some beautiful features in that. <laughs> I'm taking the absolute, you know what there, seven weeks already I'm taking the, you know what there. So that front, I, I, this is my recollection. History might say I'm wrong, but this is how it is in my head, right? The commission meeting went for hours and hours and hours and hours. Maybe in five or six hours. And it, I was, it was, it was into the two Friday, Friday night. Friday night, yeah, in, into the Saturday morning. I'm going to say it finished 12.31. No, I'm going to go later, about 1.38 or something. Yep. I was there. 
Uh, I'd done a live cross for the news, I reckon, Channel 7. I was there. And like every distracted journalist, I was, by the time it came around, I reckon I was kicking a footy in the corridor. I can't believe you stayed the duration. And had no idea of the severity coming. Like, my coverage has been, ah, oh, there'll be some sort of sanctions. I, I don't think, if you look back at my story on the news, it re- <laughs> borderline <laughs> reflected the absolute um, machete that was coming their way. And I reckon... Colo was Colo walked around the corner and I'm I've I was kicking a footy. G'day, Colo. <laughs> Thought that'd never end. Jovial. And he just had steam coming out of his head. I made it worse because clearly I misread the room. And he stormed past me and he grabbed the backdrop and he ripped off the backdrop. <laughs> yeah. The AFL backdrop. Yeah. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that bit. No. Because I think, and we'll see if we can find it on YouTube, he was not in front of an AFL backdrop when he delivered that. Right. It had been set up for a friendly press conference. Yep. And it was an unfriendly press conference. Million dollars. Well, I remember being which rich going, time yeah. going home thinking, Gee, yeah. million dollars and, and removal. It was both first round pick. They, they, they had the concession pick. And the year well. after, yeah, they're going to get. Was it, that was a Goddard, Goddard and Wells bar yeah. draft, wasn't it? Yeah, they're going to get both of them. Yeah. And then Pagan had just been signed, and and they'd done a lot of PR on the two players they intended to take, and had didn't help them. Yeah, but but he endorses that, and then says Essendon should get off. So I don't know because he. He needed to make a bit of a song and dance when he was in that role at the time at the AFL was, to hit Carlton. It was interesting that he said that if he that uh, that he thought Mike Fitzpatrick, he said Mike Fitzpatrick thought he was hard on them. They endorsed his recommendation. He said on Carlton, he stands behind it. But Mike Fitzpatrick always thought it was too tough in the exits. Right. Yeah. What do you what you don't? No, just no. You think that's irrelevant? Well, I think it's, it's reasonably relevant. Like that was well, his last AFL commission chairman who I, had a different view. I read, I read some things in it that I don't buy. I see. Not, not the Carlton specifics, but other aspects Such of the. Cynic. Cynic. Oh. How cynical are you these days? Well, do you reckon everything that someone says on record is is you can just be taken at face value? Well, because think, I, I don't. If know. he's going to bring Mike Fitzpatrick into it, he's not going to he's not going to misrepresent him in uh, retrospectively. So if he says Mike has always said to him he was too hard, I think that's actually generally the the, the view. My, last time I checked, Mike, it was Mike the chairman at that stage, or was he not the chairman at that I stage? I don't believe he was. Right. Okay. He was the next chairman after that. Okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> what did you make <laughs> of the drama around? Uh, There's just drama in the NFL, Hutch, even in the off season. It, it it just dominates the landscape. What did you make of Tom Brady? Initially, denying reports that he's going to retire. Then retiring in his own time frame. Yep. And then today, as we speak, and today being the Monday of this week, yep. unretiring and returning to the club at which he's played the past two seasons of the 22 he's played in the NFL, that being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just love the drama. Do you think that they try to flush out Tampa Bay? That, that's what it reads like from the outside, doesn't it? To flush it? out to, to what, though? To, to get some more players in, to get some more money for himself? To he, Well, when he, when he went to New England and said, I don't want to play for you anymore. They traded him for a pack of the chips, right? Did the right thing. Let him go. When he went to Tampa and said, would I be traded? They said, we want five first-round picks or you'll have to retire. So he retired. And then they went, okay, you're retired. I think he thought they would fold and get, he'd be able to get to San Francisco or somewhere where he wanted to go. Do you it's, think he wanted to go to another club? Yeah. From the outside, that's how it reads. Like oh, he, that's what I thought he wanted yeah. to do. But, well, but the, the fact he's now going back. In. They dug in and said, okay, retire. And So he's retired and then he's like, okay. <laughs> This is not going to go anywhere, so I'm going to have to un- unpick this. That's how it really is. There's been a couple of stories along those lines. Okay, I hadn't read that side into it. Tell me, um, his documentary, right, Man of the Arena. Man in the Arena, yeah. I yep. still haven't – again, I've taped – I think it were 10 episodes. I've taped all of them. I haven't watched one. Yep. 
Man in the arena. Yeah. The in in that the last episode is when he talks about the retirement, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I haven't watched it. Do you think that the reason Schefter got the yarn was because that had been filmed and someone involved in the filming or in the edit suite had actually passed that on to their colleague at ESPN who passed it on to Schefter? Uh, it's as good a source theory as any. I hadn't thought of it that way, Hutsy. I wasn't even aware that was how it may have come out. But uh, to answer your question, absolutely. That, that's how it could have happened. It's happened in the AFL that way, hasn't it? I reckon that's how it happened, yeah. I mean, what what generally happens? Editor, editors are generally a reasonable source of yarns over the journey because they get access to cut the prevision for things. Mm. You know, someone's going to retire and they want to get their tribute done and can't say anything. But either. you've got to bring them into the their world of trust. And I've, I reckon editors would tr- be, be trusted by the the subject of the interview to the point where they don't feed that in, that, that information know, back but, to certain journalists. I know, but like, how, how often do people tell one person? They can't help it, can they? Yeah. So you can imagine the editor or the cameraman who worked on that tells one friend who yeah. tells one colleague at ESPN. And Schefter being as good tell, as he is. Yeah, who tells the ex-ESPN employee, who's the disgruntled one, who tells old mate at wherever who tells Schefter. And you can see how that you know, you'll find that in the last episode he does this and how do I verify that. And then, I don't know, it's just a yarn theory demo. It's always like, that's how these things always get out, four, five, six degrees. I, I hear you, Hachi. I hear you. Hey, tell me what you make of surveys that are done independently. And, and I raise this specifically because the AFL Coaches Association survey today has been published, and this year it's got an arrangement with the Herald Sun. Um, but there's a little asterisk on the actual content of the survey, which ultimately got to the, the source of the survey. And it, it read this way, 21 senior and assistant AFL coaches, so no, no breakdown of senior, just 21 senior and assistant AFL coaches responded anonymously to the Herald Sun survey sent to all 18 clubs. So 21. What? 21. How many, how many coaches are at most clubs? Are we, are we, do we, do we, can we go up to 10? Is it still 10? Less than it used to be. But Less than it used to be. But this, is 10, can you work with 10 for the purpose of this conversation? Call it five to be... Oh, it's, let's let's go with let's go with ten. Okay. Might, well, okay, let's go with eight. Sure. And twenty-one of them, eighteen times eight. I should have probably done my maths before I got here. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to <laughs> leave. Can we make it ten? One forty-four. <laughs> yep. But twenty-one. And I heard Josh Jenkins on on your platform today saying that now he's got a, a very part-time role at Geelong. Yep. He again, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard this. I was in the car at the time. I think he said he got the survey, forgot to respond to it because he ran out of the deadline times. But So if even the part-time assistant coaches are among the coaches who received it and only 21 out of the totality of whatever it is we're dealing with, yep. and if we're including Josh Jenkins in this conversation, I'd imagine we could go with 10 per club. And then you're more inclined to feel something out of you've got, actually got some things to say or an axe to grind, haven't you? Aren't you? Like, aren't you a bit disproportionately? Well, how many senior? I only want to know. With all, with, with I'm not due sure that respect, passes the quantum qual marketing that, that we're all subject to. With, with due respect to assistant coaches, Archie, I really only want to hear about the senior coaches when it comes to it, it an coaches be, association survey. It used to be the, the 18. It used to be the 18 senior coaches, didn't it? Yeah. I Once think, upon a time. Know. I don't know. Did it? What 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 purpose does the coaches' association serve? I'm, I, and I still don't know the Whoa. answer to that question because I, I asked it when it was first formed. I, I asked it of Spud Frawley, who ran it for many many years. I don't know what common ground they've got. They hate each other half the time. The coaches, yeah, but I, they exist to try and. I I hear your point. They're not. They're Thank not, you. They're not exactly. 
the fiercest tooth in the uh, in the lion's den, but they do exist to support their constituents. Yeah, and as you saw with the pandemic, someone has to stick up. But the coaches copped it harder than anybody. Talk about politics being played at all levels of life, and, and let's be specific in yep. football. There is more politics played at coaches' level than any other facet of the industry. So, look, there's some really big organisations around the game. The Coaches Association, the Agents Association. But they've got nothing in common. The Umpires Association, the Fans Association. There's a lot of powerful groups there. Media groups. The AFMA. (laughs) 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 Of all the people throwing shade on the Coaches Association, you and your flimsy annual dinner. Should 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 we send out out uh, an anonymous survey? The Sounding Board Anonymous Survey? That'd be no, fair. no, AFMA. That'd require them doing something. <laughs> that's, not in the, that's not in the charter. My point was, though, Hutchie, and it got back to the question before, had the conversation we had before about the uh, polls. Anonymous surveys aren't worth the contents of the answers, are they? I find. They create good fodder, good clickbait. I'm even talking about the organisations that, that choose to do them inside, outside of media yep. eyes. You know they should sort of just survey this. Tom Brown's well-placed list sources. <laughs> that would be where I'd start. To start with the well-placed list sources. They know what's going on. Uh, let's head to question of the week time. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Just before you ask a question on Drinkwise... I've been having a, a, you might have actually heard me in the background, having just a very casual Carlton Zero during the show today. I, I, did, I did notice that when I walked in. I've been having... I thought it was something else, but... I'm having a little 60 days off. Normally it's 100, but I've, I've got a little trip planned overseas where I, I don't want to be necessarily not having a, a, a casual glass of wine or two. So I'm having 60 days off. I'm about 45 days in, but a, a little Carlton Zero here or there. Can I say the Carlton Zero is magnificent. The Peroni Zeros. And the Heineken zeros have come a long way. Don't mind the heaps better. The zeros, it's a little, probably a little bit paley for me. But <laughs> the Peroni's probably got his nose in front of the Carlton zero for me. And the, now I'm not a fan of the of the Coopers. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Jane. Thanks for the attempt to kind of influence the content. But no. Um, but uh, so if you're having a drink, I, that's, okay, I'll be honest with you. I, that's one thing I cannot. Get my head around, and, and I'm and I'm going to refuse to get so my head around. It's the fastest growing category of alcohol sales in Australia. It's not alcohol. It's not alcohol, it's you. And and non-alcoholic. I'd rather have a Coke or a water than. Okay, than well, that. each their own. I'm just telling no, no, you yeah. my choices, and I'm I'm just choosing to. And if you're having a drink out there, and you want to just, well, slow yourself down a little bit, throw one or two of these into your two or three beers, and, th- and then you can extend your night and your entertainment. You won't even notice the difference after a while. In fact, you don't notice the difference, and you can drink wise much more efficiently and you can enjoy the evening and you won't miss a moment. Well put together there, Hachi. Let's go to the question of the week. Uh, Shimbo Moose via Twitter. It's at Shimbo. Oh, Damo, we're not at the point where we're answering questions from Shimbo Moose, are we? <laughs> What's is good? that where we've got to as a, as a product? It's a good question. Mark, Mark Kay asked the question about Shimbo. Tom Brown, but we had already discussed Tom Brown, as you probably have already heard, Mark, to this point of this episode. So we're going to go with Shimbo Moose on Twitter. Will commentators go back to calling games at the ground or will broadcasters continue to use remote and local studios in an attempt to keep costs down? This is a this is the, one of the biggest media questions in 2022, Shimbo Moose. Well done for raising it. And I'm going to ask the man who 
controls half the media in this town. Tomo, when those attend the venue these days, you give us no credit. We are in Pakistan right now, a team of seven in all venues. We've gone from the first test to Lahore in the second test. We're in the venue broadcasting back for SEN right around Australia and New Zealand. Are they in? I've actually in heard, the venue. That's not a bad effort. We've got a full team mind you, mind you, you need to pay them double for the rubbish that's going on zero, in, in what they're broadcasting. Zero hunting. percent of that coverage is coming from Australia. One hundred percent of it How is live from. We've sent a team. What you sent them over there? You paid for airfares, accommodation. Got it. We've sent a team, and, and you won't send someone down to Canadian Park. Oh, what I'm saying is, Damo, is horses for courses. In the NRL, for instance, the I believe the Fox League guys have been predominantly off the television, and no one's noticing the difference. And on Saturday, they're at the SCG, which was Different great. Game, Hunchy. It's, 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 a, it's a rectangular sport game. You, you AFL, don't need to be at the venue as much. In the AFL, the uh, Fox guys have been at. The, this is a cop out. So I think it just depends on space availability, economics. Space availability. There's press boxes. There's media boxes. Efficiencies. And if the efficiencies, codes, now, now you're talking about financial efficiencies here. That's well, where you're coming from. It's not as big an issue in radio, but in television, if you're being charged, absolute bomb to attend. It is very expensive. Who's to charging to, them to attend? To to cover the game. Uh, what well, has been happening for? I know, but the rights fees have grown and grown, and the, those broadcasters have looked for. More efficient ways to broadcast. I, I will never deviate off what I have as a very strong opinion on this, Hutchie, and that is as a consumer, as a viewer, who sits down to watch a game of football, AFL style, more so than rugby league, because yep. it's a, it's a, that is a TV game. AFL is not, and I loathe it when I know, and you can pick it up in the opening minute if they're there or they're not there, and if they're not there, I'm half tuning out. So you're the football editor at AFL.com.au. Yep. Have you or your... Oh, not, co- no, I'm not the editor. No. Well, you're the head of something. <laughs> Have your you or your colleagues zoomed into? I think, press- I'm, uh, I think it's chief correspondency official oh, yeah. uh, email sign off title, Hutchie. I know it's a bit of a <laughs> whatever that means. A bit of a tryout email uh, sign off. I didn't. I didn't determine that. Are, that title. are you or Actually, any- what did you? You called me general manager of news when I first joined. You remember that? I did. <laughs> what was that about? That's a good. Good question. Hindsight. <laughs> The, I told that at the time. <laughs> the, the have you or any of your colleagues zoomed into a press conference and not attended? Be honest, I'd say most days. Oh, that's how. Oh. Set up. Hang on, no, that's how that's how the clubs prefer to run them. Last You've got year, the now, option to attend a press conference or zoom into it, and you've been I, zooming into it. Well, yeah, probably they probably yeah, have. There you go. Prosecution restaurant. No, it doesn't. No, it does not, because they will be attending matches. Oh, so you'll be attending every press conference you go to from here on? Actually, how many times have we talked about press conferences if I see on this you, show? If I see you zo- how many times have we talked if about I press conferences? If I see you zoom into a press conference. I haven't conference. done a press conference for 20 but years. We've discussed that on this. you do and I, zoom in. I did in one last week, actually. And in. I was in person. No, I was in, of all places, interstate. What press conference you I was like? in Adelaide. We had a press conference I was before. in Adelaide, and I was, I was there for another reason, and... There was a, a major press conference involving Rory Sloan and Tom Jonas, and I went to it, and it was and I was actually glad I did. Both very good guys. You went to a Rory Sloan and Tom Jonas press conference. Yep. What for? Because I was in the no, but, city at the for time. For what content reasons? AFL media content reasons. Oh please! Imagine you, you walked in there like, what, what on earth are you doing here? There was a bit of that. <laughs> 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 right, right, wrap it up. All right. That was <laughs> No, but you didn't answer Shimbo Moose's question. I said it'll be a mix depending on those Shimbo, criteria. I'm gonna read between the lines what Hutchie just said. He's gonna treat you as the viewer and the listener 
poorly and not sent because it's going to cost less. If I hear you at a Triple M studio game, there will be trouble. I only do pre-match, Archie. I don't cover the game. If I hear you at a pre-game with the talent, it'll be an issue. Anyway, we'll wrap it up. This has been the sounding board for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a Carlton Zero, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.